to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! I'm not worried about Dale Moore. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Welcome, everyone. This is a new podcast titled Hoops Logic, and I'm Will, the host of these episodes. Throughout this podcast, I'm going to touch on a couple different topics regarding present-day basketball and specifically use analytics to back my findings. This first episode, I'm going to be highlighting performance in clutch situations from a team and also player aspect. In order to look at clutchness, we must look at a few different parts of the game that are extremely important late in game. The first is going to be hitting those big time shots. As basketball fans, we're all going to notice how shooting well at the end of games can help separate good teams from great teams, especially in the playoffs. The second thing that we're going to look at is not turning the ball over in those clutch situations. And the third thing we're going to look at is getting defensive stops. So, um, if we look at the team aspect of hitting those big time shots, we're going to use two percentages. We're going to use true shooting percentage and field goal percentage. You guys are probably all pretty familiar with field goal percentage. But if you're not familiar with true shooting percentage, it's a shooting percentage that factors in the value of three-point field goals and free throws in addition to conventional two-point field goals. We look at them both to observe how well a team shoots all types of shots, but also acknowledge that some situations require a go-get-a-bucket mentality. So, the Phoenix Suns. They're a prime example of a team that when they keep it close, they usually close the game out. The Suns were 33-9 in the regular season when the game was within 5 points with 5 or less minutes left, along with 3-1 in the playoffs. The Suns had an 11% increase in true shooting percentage as well as a 9% increase in field goal percentage in that period compared to non-clutch situations. This led them to be really good in the clutch, and that led them to have the best record in the NBA, which was 64-18. So, second thing that we're going to look at is the team aspect of not turning the ball over. We're just going to use turnover percentage for this, which is the percentage of plays that end in teams turnover. It's pretty simple. Obviously, lower is better. We don't want to be turning the ball over. We look at this statistic to purely see how a team is reacting to pressure and how their offense is functioning in those big-time moments. So the Boston Celtics this year, fans and analysts across the NBA kind of acknowledge turnovers as their downfall in the finals and the playoffs this year. To put their ball control struggles in perspective, we can first analyze that a team's that on average a team turns over the ball about 13% of the time, which means out of 100 possessions, there's about 13 turnovers for a team. In the last five minutes, within five in the playoffs, there wasn't a large increase in turnovers as they only had a slight increase in turnovers up to 14%. However, in the last two minutes, within five that number increased all the way up to 25.8%. So you can't really do a lot as an offense in the last two minutes in those clutch situations when you're turning over the ball one in every four possessions. And that was obviously their downfall. The third thing that we're going to look at is getting defensive stops from a team aspect. So we're just going to use straight defensive rating for this, which is the number of points allowed per 100 possessions by a team. Obviously lower is better. Um, The league average was about 111.4. There was a couple outliers that I noticed, and that was the New Orleans Pelicans. They had a defensive rating of 112, so about average during the regular season, but in clutch situations, their defensive rating increased all the way up to 119.7, ranking the worst in the league. On the other hand, the Wizards were sixth worst on defense this year in terms of defensive rating, but their defense in the clutch was the best in the league at 98.2, 
resulting in a 25-15 and 15 record when the game was within five points in the last five minutes. So accounting for all these things, I decided to create an accumulated clutch statistic. So we used true shooting percentage, added that to field goal percentage, subtracted turnover rate, and subtracted defensive rating. I decided to use percentiles to give them all equal importance because a 10% increase in field goal percentage isn't necessarily equal to a 10% or a 10 point change in defensive rating, if that makes sense. Uh, so the results, the top five in my accumulated clutch statistic were the Suns, Bulls, Clippers, Bucks, and Wizards. So four out of five were playoff teams. And the only one that wasn't was the Wizards. And like I mentioned earlier, that late game defense was probably why they were in there. And the bottom five were the Magic, Spurs, Knicks, Pistons, and Pacers. And the Spurs were the only team that were a playoff team out of those five. And I mean, they were a 10 seed eliminating the play-in. So it's not like they were a one through four seed. They weren't top of the league. So the teams that struggled in the clutch obviously struggled in the regular seasons and playoffs as well. And what I also noticed is that the Heat, Grizzlies, and Celtics were all below average, even though they had fantastic records. So what we kind of get from this is how teams that are clutch or how like being clutch doesn't always equate to the best teams. So if you're really good in the clutch, like the Suns were, it definitely helps, but you don't necessarily need to be a top. You don't need to be a top team in terms of clutchness to be a top team in terms of winning games. So that's from the team aspect. Now we're going to shift our focus and look at kind of from the player aspect, who was clutch and kind of dissect a couple different players. So um, if we just look at game winners, MJ leads with nine. Second is Kobe and Joe Johnson. I saw Joe with eight. And third is LeBron and Paul Pierce with seven. So out of those, LeBron is the only one still playing, obviously. So I decided to take a look at his stats in the clutch this year. Surprisingly, he performed absolutely awful, horrendous in clutch situations this year. He was the second worst on his team in field goal percentage. He was the worst on his team in defensive rating. And he was the second worst in turnover percentage, turning over the ball over 25% of the time. This is a big reason a talented Lakers team went 21-26 and 26 in clutch situations in the regular season and ultimately miss it, missed the playoffs. This year, in that same clutch range as we mentioned earlier, among those who played in 30 or more clutch situations in the regular season, Devin Booker was probably the top dog. So he was fourth in true shooting percentage, he was fourth in defensive rating, and he was 29, so top 30 in turnover percentage as well. And his teammate, Mikael Bridges, he's also up there, he was 5th in true shooting percentage as well as the playoffs. He was 8th in defensive rating, and he was 5th in turnover percentage. And he actually never turned the ball over in those clutch situations in the playoffs. Never. Not once. So these two were obviously a prevalent reason the Suns were so good in the clutch this year. And like, like without them, they're just not performing close to as well in the clutch. Another guy... Or the last guy we're going to look at is Gary Payton. He was absolute clamps on defense. He was ninth in defensive rating among those who played in two or more games with clutch or like or two or more games in clutch situations. And he also ranked third in true shooting among those filters as well. Once again, 
This allowed the Warriors to succeed in the playoffs and shut down those Stars lane games. So whether it's John Moran or Damian Lillard or whoever he's guarding, he was absolutely locking them up. With all this information on certain players gathered, we can interpret that clutch performance is definitely connected to overall team and player performance. Connected. But when we look at it from a bigger scale, points may seem like they are worth more in late game situations, but they're not. Like if if James Harden is scoring three three-pointers, nine points in the first quarter, it's, it's the same amount as if it's in the fourth quarter. It doesn't change. It's the same thing with defense, same thing with turning the ball over, whatever it is. So we must analyze clutch statistics with caution because they don't really tell the whole story. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for staying with me through this episode. I cannot wait to keep producing elite episodes for you guys in the future. So thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.